Welcome in to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Frankie, stop me if you've heard this before. The Kings are on a three-game losing streak. Uh, it's not nine. It's not. It's definitely not ten. It's not a three-game winning streak either. Um, more of the same. The Kings are starting to get a lot of their players back. Um, De'Aaron Fox got his first game back. Marvin Bagley got his first game back. Terrence Davis as well. Got their head coach Alvin Gentry back. Um, And still the same. And it didn't help. As a matter of fact, I would say that they have looked just as bad as they have all season. Um, This is, like I just said, their third straight loss. Uh, You know, they've they've lost, uh, what is it? Have they all been by 20 plus just about all by 20 yeah, plus they've lost four of their last five. I believe they have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, seven of nine since winning three in a row that stretch in early December and their losses are not coming by a slim margin. There, there are no, I tweeted last night. I, I'm wins are one thing. I just miss watching this team be competitive and there are two games over the last nine games where the team, they won those games, sure. But those are the only two games they've even been remotely competitive. Yeah. Because uh, you look at the the loss margins over the last seven, eight losses, it's by 14 points or more in every single game. Um, and that's pretty incredible to me, honestly. That's, that, that's honestly incredible. Uh, so here we are again. I'm sure people have listened to this exact podcast before. I'm sure we've recorded <laughs> the same exact podcast yeah. Three or four times, honestly, over the last two years. Um, But here we are again looking to pull anything from the last three games, any notable occurrences, any silver linings, if there are even any. Uh, But how are you feeling right now, Chris, about the team as a whole? How how do you feel? There, there was a time where I used to be excited to come into the games, and there was a time where I used to look forward to it. I look forward to going into the game against uh, the Clippers just a couple of days ago. Um, it was the most excited, quote-unquote, excited I, I've felt in a while. Just how do you feel right now about this team? Uh, unexcited. I'm, I haven't been excited about the team in a couple weeks. It's just felt like this is the natural progression of what was going to happen, um, especially, you know— that road trip where they where they lost to the Hornets, uh, lost to Cleveland, and lost to Toronto. It was just that's that wasn't the start of when I I had already started feeling bad before that. But at that point, I was just like, it's a wrap for this roster. I, I think I've said it before. It's nothing new, but I just don't think this current crop of guys is going to be able to figure it out. Um, and even if they do, I'm not sure, you know, how good that even is. Um, they. You know, when this team has looked their best, they're still struggling to 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 be 500. You know, at, at no point in time where, you know, they were a couple games over. They've just been, at best, average. And their defense didn't look elite at any point. I mean, that hasn't that hasn't been even part of the equation for years, but the offense didn't look as as uh, sharp as it had even even as recently as last season. It just doesn't seem like the team has found any sort of identity, any sort of like, "Hey, this is what we are good at and we can at least, you know, expose people by by using this huge strength of ours whether that be shooting, running the floor, 
just being more physical than other teams. I thought for a little bit last night against the Grizzlies in the second quarter, when they, when they made it close, they were actually being really physical and almost out physically Memphis. Um, and I only remember that because I was actually like about to press send on, I think the Kings are actually out toughing the Grizzlies. I'm really glad I didn't send that because it would have looked very bad, but um, I'm just not feeling good. I, I'm, I feel like a lot of Kings fans. I mean, if you look in, on social media, you'll definitely see it. But I think a lot of people are just ready to see what the next thing is, whether it's, you know, and there's a lot of people who are for trading, you know, swinging all the way for the fences and trading to Aaron Fox. And there's people who are just like, why is buddy healed still on this roster or playing early playing. playing all of it. Um, and against the Grizzlies last night, he took three shots. So he, he pretty much had, had just given it's, I, I don't think he's given up on the team. I don't think the three shots was indicative of, of effort or anything, but it's just, it's, it's just a sign that it's not clicking to me. Um, it's, it's all bad right now. Yeah. And to kind of agree with what you said, how the team doesn't have there's not an aspect that the team is very good at. And you said the three point shooting, the rebounding is to name a few things. Is this team really good from a three point line? No, no. no. Are they really good at rebounding? No, no. They're, I would actually say they're, they're, they're like ba- very they're, like below, below average, yeah. maybe league bottom near closer to league bottom than league. average. If you look at the last game, the Kings won, especially in rebounding. Sure. And if you look at the last game, the Kings won, it was against San Antonio. And the only reason the Kings won was because Damian Jones had a miracle, not miracle. Damian Jones played very well, but 23 <laughs> points and eight rebounds over 19 minutes is just absurd. That's a career night for him. And it was, it was fun to watch. It was an exciting development for the young, the young big, but uh, I, the Kings barely squeak out that game against San Antonio. They get 27 from Ty. They get 29 from buddy in, in the, a very buddy healed esque performance where he went seven of nine from three. And then the other half of the buddy esque performance we've seen over the last two games. And when buddy Heald isn't hitting and, and De'Aaron Fox is like last night, not playing like De'Aaron Fox Harrison Barnes not playing like hair. I mean, there's no one playing consistent right now except for Tyrese Halliburton. And we're going to talk plenty about Tyrese, but it's got to come from, from other players. Rashawn Holmes last night fouled, almost fouled out over 13 minutes of, of playing time. He has not looked the same since coming back. Buddy Heald is, is there, there's not really a reason for him to play at the moment. Other than the fact that he, he is a threat while on the floor. And Tyrese said that today at practice, we just got back from practice and Tyrese said of buddy struggles his he's an imposing figure on the floor. He's a threat. That looming threat of him getting hot from the three point line is why he's so valuable, but that's not happening right now, but he's not knocking down his shots. I believe he's not having the worst season of his career right now from a statistical standpoint. Uh, this season he's shooting 38% from the field. That's a career low 37% from the three point line. That's a career low. And 85% from the free throw line is is below his career total too, which isn't 85% is great. Who are we, who are we kidding? But um, the rebounds are down 3.9. Everything's down for Buddy Heald right now. Everything. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at his splits right now. If you look specifically at the month of December where the Kings have definitely needed him to step his game up with all the COVID injury, COVID injury whatever you want to call it, COVID sicknesses, the missing games. Um, they've needed buddy to step up and he's frankly done the opposite and the same. He's playing 29 minutes a game, which is the exact amount he played uh, in, you know, for the, for the entirety of the season. 
He's down from 16 last month per game, 16 points a game, to 13 this month. Uh, he's shooting 36% from the field this month, 36 also from three this month, and he's taken, uh, what is that, 13 less free throws than he took last month, which was still, I mean, he took 32 free throws last month, and he's taken 19. He's abandoned how we were complimenting him about driving the paint. He's completely abandoned that approach, and he's just going to let it fly. He took, he took 23s mm-hmm. uh, against the Clippers, I believe. Um, it's if, if you're not going to be able to knock down the three, you have to bring something else to the table, and... We all know Buddy Hill can't play def- can't play defense to a high level. We know that he can rebound to a high, to a, an extent, but that hasn't really been there over the last couple of games either. So it just kind of puts you in a position where Buddy's playing big minutes, and you can't continue to roll him out every night when he's not bringing anything to the table because his three point shooting is that's what Buddy Hill was paid for. That's what he's making twenty million dollars a year for is to shoot the basketball and shoot it well. And last night he played almost 24 minutes and he went 0 of 3 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, and he only had two rebounds. It's just unacceptable. It's really unacceptable when, when you look at that. That's that's not quite the Tony Snell stat line that we always joke about, that he's just running around out there, but he pretty much was just running around out there for almost a half an hour of playing time. Um, and they, Buddy doesn't get all the blame. It, it's not. This is not all Buddy's fault. Uh, everyone has their own... Okay, well, everyone except Tyrese. We got to take Tyrese out of his yeah. equation real quick. And even Damian Jones, some people don't deserve any blame, but it all goes back to the top of the food chain here. And this roster has been constructed. It's been set up to fail in my, in my mind. Uh, I don't know how you come into the season with a roster that's 85, 80% the same as last season and expect there to be change. It's, it's almost, it's almost identical to what we saw last year mm-hmm. you get hot for a little bit of stretch you immediately erase it with an awful stretch and it's been 34 games of that i said right before we started recording it's it's been 34 games of the same cycle we've had, we've recorded this podcast three times in the, talking about the same things and that goes for everybody and i've seen a lot of people on twitter even say i'm just not going to even pay any mind to it i'm not there's so many more things in life to worry about than this team and these games and yeah there are. So I personally, and that's just me and people can approach it the way they, that they want. Uh, it's my job. So that's, it's easier <laughs> for me to say it, but as a fan, cause you know, there's still parts. I enjoy watching this team play. I've been, I've been watching this team since I was a little kid. I go into each game now just with, and this is such a sad mentality to have, but it's the truth. Just hope that we see something positive, anything positive, young growth, uh, growth from the young guys and Tyrese and Damian Jones, uh, I'd love to see De'Aaron Fox take a step forward. If this team's not going to win games, I, I just would love to see them compete and not lose by 20 points every night. It feels like that's not too much to ask for. And we'll start there. Compete and, and just go down the wire. Play 48 minutes. Don't play 35 minutes like we've been seeing over the last couple of days, 36 minutes. I want to see a little bit of, of consistency, at least in effort. And right now it's just not there. No, it hasn't been there for a while either. I mean, it's it's like you said. I mean, they they've gone weeks without a real competitive game. I mean, the last one that was really close was that Charlotte game, and we all remember how that one ended. And you know, probably should have been a, a victory for the Kings. But um, I'm also sorry. While you were looking there, I was trying to figure out. Um, I'm still stuck on the Kings. Like it, it just them not. What is wrong essentially for me is they keep 
taking jump shots or not even jump shots, but they're 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 at 35 threes a game right now. And I, if I let me look right now, actually, sorry, while I do this live, please, that is more than they took last season. And they are 33 percent as a team from three, whereas last year they were 36 percent. Uh, 33 is also the lowest percent from three that a Kings team has been since 2013, 14, which, uh, was Jimmer for last season with Sacramento and no one else on the team. Uh, no one on the team Jimmer shot like 49% on one, three a game. Um, but John Salmons was the team's leading three point, uh, percentage guy at 38%. Um, and it's really similar this year. I mean, Tyrese, I think, is at 41%. Harrison's somewhere near 38, 39. And I think Buddy, um, you just mentioned, is at uh, 37, 37%. So they have a bunch of guys take, and you add Shemezi Metu onto that, who's taking a bunch of threes and not hitting any. And Davion Mitchell, who's still trying to figure out a shot, but he's shooting 30% from three. It's when things are going poorly, the team tries to shoot themselves out of it or shoot themselves back into it. And they end up shooting themselves. I'm sorry. They end up shooting themselves out of it um, just because they, they don't have the shooters to make these shots. And, and like I said, they, they really aren't good at anything. And so they don't really have anything to fall back on when things start to go bad. Um, it's interesting to me. You and you, you and I sit through uh, their press conferences a lot and they always are always talking about defensive communication and how they keep stacking up mistakes. And it's, it's to me that, I mean, that, you know, that, that is their, their biggest Achilles heel is they just keep making mistakes and compounding them on top of one another. And that's why we see it go from four to 25 so fast. Yeah, and that's what I think Tyrese or even I think Marvin. Marvin said today is it, it's or was it Tyrese today? This is an out of honestly like might have both said versions of which is why that, it's so fresh on out, my mind. Like an out of bounds pass can just turn the game mm-hmm. completely around for this team. Yeah. Like you said, it turn, one thing goes to another thing goes to another thing, and things unravel so quickly. And then you throw on top it, of that that they just miss shots in general. Yeah. You know, it's incredible to see this team. And I also put that out last night. It's just they have to be the the leader in. And as the team where you watch and you go, oh, wait a minute, it was a four point game a minute and a half ago and they're down by 17. How the hell did that happen? And it happens every single night and it's painful to watch. I I miss the days and I was talking to someone last night about this too, how it's sad. We look back to the Rudy, DeMarcus, Isaiah Thomas days and we look back on those and say, well, I wish well, at least we could watch those teams because those teams Ish. would lose, but they would not, they would not lose by 30, 25 points every single night. They at least would lose. They'd go down to the wire. I remember those teams would at least be in the game late and then they blow it in the last couple of minutes. That still sucks. And the <laughs> team was bad. Awful. The Kings been awful for 20 years. I understand that. But the effort, the battling down to the end, the, the refusal of rolling over it, I miss that, and there's only a handful of games this year that I'm looking at right now where I've, I've felt like I was having even fun watching the game. I mean, the Lakers. game. It's definitely game, gotten to that point right there where yeah. it's just like I'm not looking forward to watching them, and they never surprise me. There's never a game where, you know, th- there's not a surprising, oh, hey, they kind of won this game by 15 and were up 10 the whole game and then just kind of closed it out, or it, it's always – 
Um, it's a close game and they barely, even though they try and lose it, they'll squeak it out or it's just a complete blowout. Yeah. I mean, again, we've, there's nothing really fun to, I mean, like, yeah, there's no, there's no way of spending, especially when this team is as played as poorly as they have for the past month. I mean, um, they have five wins in the past calendar, like in the past 30 days. Yeah. And you know, it's so, and it's frustrating, but also it's just funny. They're three games back. I'm sorry. Three, three. I don't see what's funny. about. Well, they're, that. they're four games back. <laughs> they're four games back of the six seed. They're three back of the seven. It's just, it's just funny to me. Cause I just, it Does makes, the term cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you? Yeah. I, it just, it all makes no sense. It makes no sense. It, we're in the definition of purgatory. It's, we're pur- just, it's purgatory. We're just waiting to figure out what side we're going to go on. It's literally the, the rabbit on the treadmill with the carrot hanging in front of it. Yeah. This is just, it's every single year, the past three years, the Kings have always been that <laughs> they've been, they've been a nine seed and just missed the playoffs. So that they just missed <laughs> yeah. it that, that in the last year before the play in, they would have made the play in. Then the next year they miss it by two games as the 11 yep. seed. Then the next year they miss it again by two games. And then here we are this year. The Kings are two games back of a 10 seed once again. And yeah, there's still what, 39, 40 games left. There's, they played 34 games. Jeez. There's so many games. Well, and that's still. The there's frustrating games thing left. is just, there's so much hope left. And how many times have I had to say hope is the killer of all. And so with all of these games left, you can tell yourself, Look, if the Kings eventually, whatever, they do make that Ben Simmons trade. Well, maybe, yeah, it'll take some time to figure it out and get get the gears going. But they can they can cover three games against whoever, who's the Timberwolves are in 10th right now? Who's in, who? uh, right now, it is Minnesota is 9, San Antonio is 10. Yeah, and the, I mean, the Mavericks who come to town twice... Uh, mm-hmm. They're tied with Minnesota. They're 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 three games up in the Kings. And Matt, COVID riddled as well. Well, here's the thing, I though. Mean that, yeah, the CDC, as we as we start recording, is has lowered the recommended uh, quarantine period from ten days to five, meaning that teams that are ravaged by COVID, the Kings, one of them, that means we could see Demias Kada, Davion Mitchell, and Alex Lund return this, and it, probably maybe as soon as tomorrow or the next day, if it's been you know more than five days. Luka Doncic and and the other guys on Dallas that are out could potentially all be back mm-hmm. for this week's games. I don't want to say good news, but the, the uh, I'll say good news for Kings fans would be at least we'll know when they make the trip. It'll probably, since the Kings play them back to back games, it'll be a matter of, well, Luca just didn't make the trip or not. But here's the thing. Does it even matter? It doesn't well, matter. No, if of they course, play, it, of well, course the, it doesn't the Kings matter. Lose, yeah, the Kings lose. lose to Charlotte without half their team. They lose last night to, to Memphis without notable Kings killer, Dylan yeah. Brooks, the Kings lose. They lost to the Clippers, I think, with uh, without who didn't play Reggie Jackson and a couple uh, other Reggie guys. Reggie Jackson didn't, didn't play. Luke Kennard, uh, a bunch of guys didn't play. Did Zubox play or? I think he did play. Yeah. Reggie Jackson didn't play. Uh, Luke Kennard didn't play. Paul George is playing with a, a torn tendon in his arm, and, and it just. It doesn't matter, in my opinion, who plays. The Kings beat the fully healthy Blazers. They beat the fully healthy Lakers. They. They beat ah, it just makes losing, losing to the Suns. An unhealthy Dallas team would be pretty bad, though. I mean, at this point, they're down to Porzingis. Uh, I think even Tim Hardaway's out. Like, it's pretty much just just Porzingis and Jalen Brunson. Uh, maybe we might. I think Willie Cauley Stein is out for personal reasons. But yeah, he I was going to say he, he's he's ready and prime to uh to make his return and and of course hurt us. But my my mind in my mind, 
at least most of those guys are going to be back for this week. The 31st is four days away. That mm-hmm. I would be stunned if none of those guys are back for that game. But uh, in the end, it doesn't matter for the Kings. They they will play the same way no matter who the opponent is or who is playing. They play down to whatever. <laughs> if a team is missing seven guys, they play like they're missing seven guys, even with the full roster. And uh, it, it's it's been a very it's a very frustrating season, as all of the last seventeen have been. But it's more frustrating this year just because we've seen this team in this purgatory, like you said, mm-hmm. for the past three years, where they're right knocking on that door and they just miss it in 2018, 2019. They just miss it in 2020, 21, or 1920, and 2021. This is the fourth season where the Kings are right on the outside looking in. They're not finishing a dead last in the West, they're not finishing 14th even right now. Uh, I, and I believe that they won't. I believe that they are c- completely on track for a 10th, 11th, or 12th place finish in the West. And uh, that sucks. That's, it does that really need does. to be stated that the Kings are also as close as they are to making the uh, the play-in. Of course, we always mention that they are also just as close to being at the bottom of the Western Conference. Like, uh, OKC has 12 wins. They're 12-20. and 20. Uh, The Pelicans are 12-22. and 22. The Kings are 13 and 21. Like those teams are also, you know, I don't know if Zion's going to come back anytime soon or if at all this season, but New Orleans might turn it around or trade Brandon Ingram and, and completely tank. But um, I don't think those teams are necessarily going to fall off pace for any reason. I think those teams will, if, if the Kings continue to slack like this, like they, they'll have a chance to, to be a, a, a bottom tier team, which would also sh- change the narrative of probably how we how we do this podcast uh, in the second half of the season, but we can get to that when when we get there. Well, it's a slippery, and we've also talked. Sorry to no, cut you good. off, but we've talked in the past. I think it was three or four episodes ago about uh, that tough stretch the the Kings have coming up. Uh, I, I think that's that just what I was about to say. Yeah. I was just about to say <laughs> this weekend, week weekend, we have OKC in Dallas on the back to back day off Thursday, New Year's Eve against Dallas again, but then after that. New year, Miami, the Lakers, the Hawks, the Nuggets, the Blazers, and then the Cavs on a back-to-back, the Lakers again, uh, even Houston twice over that weekend uh, in mid-January. The Houston's been playing better than they have in the beginning of the year. They they aren't going to roll over for anybody. Um, it's And then it gets hard to get, I mean, the, yeah, that Houston back-to-back, I'm looking at it right now. It's not a back-to-back, but they play Houston two games at home then home against Detroit and then comes the death schedule, especially all these games are on the road. Bucks, Celtics, Hawks, Sixers, Knicks, Bing Bong and Nets. And then you come home and, and then you, Warriors, which the NBA is so cruel for this. I've been eyeing this since the schedule came out. Why would you give the Kings a back to back, a back to back, a home road back to back against the Brooklyn Nets and the Golden State Warriors, yeah. the two best teams in the league. The Kings get to play them on a back-to-back in the first couple days of of February. That's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. And especially in the Mm -hmm. fact we look at Kyrie Irving is going to start playing road games again. He'll be playing in that game. Uh, It's 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 frustrating, man. And 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 that'll be how the Kings kind of. I mean, I was going to say land into the the All Star break coming up like two weeks after that. I mean, I, I would like to think at that point trades will have been made, but. Um, that stretch of games is going to, I'm not even going to say make or break because there's no way they're going to succeed through that. But if they could somehow, 
hover 500 in that like what that and the tough thing is that's like a what 15 20 game stretch yeah it's a big stretch it's a big stretch for them to play consistent basketball which they just haven't all year but it it begins with taking care of what's in front of you right and the most important thing is the tiebreakers are going to be a thing they they have been and for forever tiebreakers are are a thing in making in in establishing playoff position um the Kings this season, I believe, own the tiebreaker over the Clipper, or they're, they'll at least tie with the Clippers. They've beaten them twice. Um, Memphis has beaten them all three times. That's over, but I think Memphis is going to be a top six, seven seed anyway. But when you look at a team like Dallas and OKC, who could be kind of in that same tier as the Kings, Kings have already lost the game to OKC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they lost to Dallas already, too, this season. So they have to take care of business this week. They have They have to win at least one of Dallas games to ensure a season split. They have to be OKC to make sure they don't lose that season series. Um, they lost I, to the Mavericks earlier. They lost to the, Maver- the Mavs earlier, but don't they play four times this year or three? They play the Mavericks one more time in, in um, March. So they could split at least that season series, but why not win the season series? Take both. <laughs> why but not? Of course, we would love that. Uh, point is, the Kings have time, right? We mm-hmm. we keep saying that, and I hate I hate to hang on that. Like you said, it's it's... It's a sick thing to 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 have faith at a time like this, and I'm not saying I have faith at all, but it's I can't just sit here with 48 games left and just say okay, it's over. I'll Do you say it's over. That a move when, needs to be made. Oh God, yes, I believe a move needs to be made yesterday, but it seems like Monty McNair is waiting it out. I would not be. He seems like a guy that waits until the last second. We saw him do it with Bogey. He literally waited until the very last hour to say no. We're not going to match. I would not be surprised until he waits until one of those moves that trickle in after the deadline is passed Mm kind of situations where Woj and Shams are putting out out those hits after the the trade deadline buzzer has already sounded. So it's uh, I don't know what it it would take if it doesn't take the awful losing streaks that, that we've seen so far this year, multiple three, four game losing streaks, firing a head coach multiple 30 point 25 plus point losses. There's not much more that can happen to show you this team. just does not work together. And uh, a COVID outbreak, yeah. all the, every awful thing you can imagine has happened to this team already. Would you prefer a like margin, not marginal move, but you know, like a moving for a third or fourth best guy on the team? Yeah. Or would you, do you think that, that the the big superstar move is the one to make. I think a shakeup of any kind mm-hmm. would do. I feel like I think, any kind. I think it does. I mean, even just just the feeling of yeah, like oh, like something something is new yeah. or different about this situation. And I think to an extent, adding in guys like Moutier and and you know the the amount of ten day guys that they've had to bring in was a little bit of a shakeup, but it is different when you add in a person who's like, all right, this is, I'll just say Rudy Gay, because that was the last example we had. And, you know, this is Rudy Gay. We're now going to implement Rudy Gay into the way we do things. Um, and I think something as small as that could could shift other people's yeah. roles and, and what they do. And, you know, it could, for example, if a buddy leaves, Maybe they don't trade for a guy who's a better shooter, but that internally tells Tyrese, like, 
You're the shooter now. I need, yeah, like I need to step up to this role and just be more aggressive and and all the things that can come off of that. You know, that which he's been doing more of lately he too. Definitely he, has. I mean, yeah, with Buddy's struggles, Tyrese is for sure. Not, not only Buddy's. I don't want to point everything on Buddy, but Buddy has struggled, and no one else really stepped up. And Tyrese was like. This is what I got. I mean, you've been putting out nightly what what you know as Tyrese has been breaking all of these barriers of of King's history with twenty ten and and multiple steals in a game. Um, it, what he's been doing is special, and it's sad that it took the whole team being wiped out for us to see this version of him. But if he can, and I think last night against Memphis. De'Aaron definitely was was not going to get in Tyrese's way of you know, his continued play. And I think that'll be something interesting to see what, how that develops as well is if De'Aaron is more, I mean, De'Aaron's always been a very willing passer, but will he be um, willing to relinquish more of his ability, responsibility to Tyrese um, and just kind of seeing how the team plays when Tyrese leads the show and um, I don't know, like it's, it's, I don't, I just don't know how many more things, they can really ask to see differently with these group of guys. No, I think mean, everyone started at, yeah. in, at at points, right? I think Terrence Davis started for a little bit. Yep. Alex Lenz has started for a little bit. Yep. Tristan Thompson has started. Uh, Tremesi Metu has started. Mo Harkless. They've tried all these different guys. Has Marvin Bagley started? He started, I think, one game. I think one or two games max he started. They haven't fully been able yeah, to I'm dive in. To no, but throw that hat in the race. that's... I think if they want to make an immediate change tomorrow, that's what I would do. I would start Marvin Bagley tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And I know he's coming back from COVID. He said he was feeling it a little bit. He's, he's trying to get his, his legs back under him. Uh, Chemezi Metsu, I really do like when he's, I mean, I like it when he's playing well. I hate it when he's playing bad. Obviously, we all do. But uh, I just think Marvin Bagley has the potential to be much more of a difference maker. And if you want to have an immediate shakeup, Tomorrow night, you switch. You at least try that one. You have not tried. The Kings have not tried to completely roll with Marvin Bagley as their starting power forward. Not this season. They haven't years past. I understand that, but um, it, it just there again. It's probably another move that will happen to no avail. It, it, the the team is what it is. We've seen every combination we can see, uh, minus starting Bob Woodard or Jemias <laughs> Ramsey. Uh, Don't tempt some people. Some people have been asking for it. It, there's not much more this team can do. Lewis King, these guys, uh, the G League guys, I just don't see any other shakeup that can happen on this roster. But um, I guess kind of transition into the Tyrese talk because we were talking about him a second ago. Uh, like you said last night, De'Aaron returned, and I think everybody thought there'd be a little bit of a drop-off. That wasn't the case at all. Tyrese last night played 31 minutes. That's the least amount of minutes he's played in, in I think, seven, eight games. Yeah, since seven games ago. Of course, he would have played more minutes if the Kings were getting beaten by 30, mind you. Um, but 18 points, seven rebounds, three three steals and a block, uh, five rebounds. He, nothing changed with his production. If he played 40 minutes again, he would have for sure had another one of those 2010 games in my mind. Um, but he doesn't really care about the stats. Like he said today at practice, he doesn't care about his stats. He wants to win games, which is what you want to hear. But it's nice to look to know that he didn't take a complete backseat when De'Aaron returned last night. He took 12 shots, which in the games De'Aaron didn't play. He took 16, 19, 18, 15. Took 12 last night, I think not playing the entire game because of the, the ass <laughs> kicking. Yeah. Uh, but it's, 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 it's been fun to watch him over this last stretch. Over the last five games, Ty's averaging 22 points per game, 
four and a half boards, 10 assists, 2.2 steals, 51% from the field and 48 from three. And he's stolen at least, he's had at least two steals in the last four games. Um, I, I can't remember when a guard on the Kings has, has, has been more, I don't know if exciting is the word. I mean, De'Aaron had that stretch last year where he averaged 34 over a eight game stretch. I think that was fun in its own way. But this 2010, it's very Chris Paul-esque. These are some Chris Paul numbers we're seeing right now. Um, prime Chris Paul. And that's a comparison I think people have made a lot. And I'm not saying that Tyrese Halliburton is the next Chris Paul. But um, when you look at what he's doing, the last king to post 18 points and seven assists and two steals in four straight games was Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby did it 16 years ago. It doesn't really happen that often here. Speaking of 16 years ago, something else fun happened that year. Um but he's, he's been doing things that no Kings guard has, has done ever. Um, not in the Sacramento era has a guard gotten 20 and 10 in, in four straight games. So everyone should take that in and appreciate the only silver lining for this team right now. Um, yeah. And our, we'll just spoil it now, our King of the Week again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we can get into that right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more we can touch on the Kings right now anyways. Um we yeah, say not we don't their current status. Yeah, we say we don't want to get in and in, in give out the same kings of the week, but this season has been such a nightmare. Yeah. Um there's I guess we could give we could do a Damian Jones could get some flowers too, but Tyrese has been doing things that have, have never been seen before. Again, no guard in the Sacramento era has ever done what he's doing. Twenty points and ten assists in four straight games. No guard since nineteen eighty five has ever done that in a King's jersey. Um and he's doing it efficiently. Like I said, he's doing it over 50% from the field, almost 50% from the three-point line. He's taking almost six threes a game. Uh, it's It's got you thinking that he could be the point guard of the team for the future. Is that wrong to assume he is the point guard of this team? I really don't know, and I think that's the thing. You know, like I kind of hinted at it earlier. I just I don't know how they view the Tyrese and De'Aaron relationship on the court. Um, it's clearly, you know, so far it hasn't led to wins and losses. So I don't think it's, it's out of the question to, to try and, and figure out if there is another combination that, that might work better. Or even if it's as simple as just like you're, like you're stating, just putting Tyrese at the point and having De'Aaron be more at the two. I do think that Tyrese definitely is more of a natural point guard and, and him playing off the ball, playing the two has been a different kind of play style for him. And I think that we've seen uh, that, 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 that has led him to be less aggressive looking for his shot. And I don't think that's something that the Kings necessarily want to be a byproduct of it, but um, it's just really hard when you're not, getting the ball in the normal ways that you have in the past. And especially the fact that Tyrese is still trying to learn. You asked him today, he's only 90 games into his NBA career, which I thought was more, by the way, I was, I was going to say a season and a half. And I looked and I'm like, he's only played a full season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he missed uh, what, like 15 games or so last year, um, you know, due to injury. It was only a 72 game season too, Mm -hmm. which is, it was a shortened season mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. 72. So, you know, he, he's, he's still trying to figure out, the NBA game. And I definitely think obviously in that little stretch that he had, he's, he's figured out that, Oh yeah. Like I more than belong here. And like, I can really make an impact. It'll be interesting to see 
again, like I said, like how he's going to, how him and De'Aaron are going to navigate that as well, because um, it's, 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 I'm, I'm sure it's just as much a mental thing for both of them as it is like physically trying to figure it out. They, the, De'Aaron's got to learn when to, you know, let Tyrese take over and Tyrese has to, um, figure out how to be more effective when De'Aaron has the ball, because I really don't think it'll be much of an issue for De'Aaron to, to figure the off ball stuff out. I think, I can't remember what game it was, but uh, earlier this season, he was playing a lot off yeah, ball. He had like and 20, I think that was against the Spurs. Yeah, he had like 20 uh, something points yeah. and I think one assist or something. It was he, crazy. He and Tyrese had one of his 10 assist games that night mm-hmm. too, uh, I believe. But yeah, it, it definitely is something I think that I think it's possible for them to play together. I, I, again, my opinion right now, as of December 27th, 2021, I don't think the Kings should move De'Aaron Fox right now. I don't see a reason to to hit the eject seat button just yet on that. Um, I just really like the idea of them being able to play together. And obviously mm-hmm. De'Aaron Shot needs to improve a lot for that to work, for it to really work. Because we saw it with the, the Westbrook-Harden uh, comparison. That's the only other I think situation I can look at and think of a guard that can't shoot the basketball and a guard that really can shoot and really play make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Harden and Westbrook can both play make. And I'm not saying De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese or James Harden, Russell Westbrook. I think I used to say the last thing too. Better. I think they're saying they're better. <laughs> they're way better. I they're just schmucks done. It was schmucks. But uh, while it's on my rings. while it's on my brain, real quick um, for King of the Week, we also need to give Alvin Gentry because number one, the man's healthy. He's back from COVID. Mm-hmm. And two, I have never heard a head coach of the Kings lay into a team like that after a game before. And the guy was fuming yeah. last night. Fuming. So I was ready it, for the onion headline. I told you on the way after practice, but I was ready for the onion headline of Coach Alvin Gentry returns from long COVID, long bout with COVID-19, <laughs> comma. Forgets how bad team was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely yeah. forgets that his team was terrible. Think, and then came back and was like, oh my gosh. Like, wait, what happened? <laughs> I, I know I was only gone a week, but was it really like it was this bad when, when like before and you were just living in, in Stockholm syndrome, essentially? <laughs> last, um, last night yeah. at the dinner table, at the media dinner table, Jason Ross, uh, James Ham and I were talking about uh, Alvin coming back. And I think Jason made a joke like... Uh, Alvin was set to come back. His 10 days were up, and I think he told the team, can I just take five more days? Yeah. Take on a week? Can I just take yeah. a little more time? It's holidays. Yeah, do, I have, do I have to go back? Do I? It's been ni- kind of nice watching yeah. him from home, you know? Like, like, he, he, I think I he came back. I can opt out. I can turn it off. Yeah, I can just turn the game off. Uh, he, he said that it was the— Check in on FaceTime. The worst <laughs> basketball game— he's ever seen as a coach in 34 years, I believe was, was the, the quote. Yeah. Uh, and Ty did kind of laugh about that today and said, I mean, we lost by 50 last year. I definitely agree. I mean, I, I agree with Tyrese's sentiment of like, I, that was a very bad loss, especially considering they, they had the game close in the first half and then to just completely blow it in the second half and lose by 25 isn't great. But I mean, yeah, Alvin was here last year when when they lost. Uh, we, I can't remember the exact game, but Tyrese was like, we lost by 50 last year. So, you know, I'm not going to say it was worse than that, but definitely it was not a good loss to have. What game was that? Because I'm looking at their schedule last year. I see they, they lost by f- by 40 to the to the. It, it definitely might have been that, and he was just, you know. 
They lost by 38. Sure to, felt bad. They lost by 38 to the Clippers. Um, oh, no, I found it. They lost by 49 to Utah. There were a lot of bad losses last year. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, my God. They 31 lo- to the Warriors. They allowed 150, 154 points to the Jazz last year. That was a franchise record. I remember it now. Do you remember that preseason game that the Kings had against the Pelicans where they like gave up like 160 points yeah. or something like that last year? Yep. I Gosh. do recall that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can't really sit here and say, was that the worst game I've that ever seen? That was not seen? the worst Kings game I've no. ever seen. Definitely not. That was I've seen five of those games this year. We all have seen just, five yeah. where, where they they are they're winning in the third and then they just completely lose it. And it was what's funny was though that De'Aaron Fox dunk that was in, so fun. It got the mm-hmm. stadium rocking. One of the better dunks we've seen at Golden One Center. Immediately, immediately, I think they went on a twenty zero run or eighteen zero run. The Kings didn't score again for three minutes. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's that, talk about that because that's actually fun. Yeah. So I actually tweeted out earlier than that. Um, it was probably like five minutes before De'Aaron's dunk uh, that I thought that J- John Morant's missed mm-hmm. lob probably would have been the best in Golden One Center history. Christopher Lod uh, sent me the Marvin 360, which is probably off the top of people's head the yeah. best dunk in Golden One. I want to give this guy credit last night. He gave me one that he unlocked a memory, really. Um, let me see if I can find his name. I just want to give him some credit. Westbrook dunk. It, uh, I remember at Josh. Josh J Cope 11 on Twitter said, does nobody remember the alley to Willie Cauley sign against Boston? And that one yes. was nasty. That was sick. That was a thunk. No, I believe it, dunk. I believe it was an alley-oop from Darren Collison. I can pull it up right now. And Willie like threw it into the rim. I vaguely remember it was like in the center of the key. Yeah. Oh yeah. Willie I feel like the fact that it's Willie definitely tarnishes Tarnishes it a little bit. I yeah, mean, Willie had so Willie, many, especially Willie as a dunker. Willie, Willie Cauley Stein, un, unsexy dunker. He had so many. He would go up for these giant, yeah. huge dunks all the time, and he would just completely flail on them, or he he get fouled and he throw the ball off the shot mm-hmm. clock or something. Um, <laughs> but I remember this game. This was this is when I think the Kings were missing. They're missing Demarcus for this game. This yeah, is, and this they before, won this game. This is before the trade. Willie went stupid. And Didn't I, he have like 20 and 10 this yep, game? And yeah. I, Isaiah Thomas played and everything. Here's the dunk. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, it's a good dunk. It's it's for sure a good dunk. It belongs on the top five, maybe top three. But it's... Yeah, he's coming down the paint. Well, he's outside of the key, though. He's outside I mean, of the outside key. Of the, outside I mean, of the, the restricted circle. His length definitely helps. Yeah, that's a pretty Is good it one. like a poster poster? Not really. I think De'Aaron's had a lot more body, con- you know, chest to chest contact. Which- well, wait a minute. The De'Aaron windmill against the Suns from two years ago, too, was yes. nuts. Yes. That, that was, was a game nuts. ceiling yeah. mm-hmm. breakaway. He just took his time. Breakaway dunk windmill, for um, sure. Um, who else is a big I think, dunk? I mean, yeah, the, the Marvin 360 for sure is up there. The Marvin Dunk How in Summer the League. the Marvin Summer League dunk? I mean, as sad as it is, that's the most body-to-body dunk we've probably seen. That was a moment we talked about before, I think, where yeah. we said, wow, he's, oh my God, he's going to be. <laughs> in game zero, yeah. <laughs> game game <laughs> negative Yeah, four. negative four, probably. Yeah, negative yeah. five, we, 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 we said. We were like, this guy has arrived. And that was a great moment, though. That was, again, one it of those was, handful of fun moments. And again, one hand, a handful of those fun Golden One Center history moments uh, was three years ago today. A little love to Bogdan Bogdanovich hitting that game winner mm-hmm. against the Lakers. Um, were you at that game? I was, yeah. Were, we, were you working or were you sitting somewhere? Um, I think I was working... 
You know what? Actually, strangely enough, I vaguely remember. I might have like only worked. I don't know why, but I feel like I only worked until halftime and then left or something like that. Because I remember watching the shot from home at my girlfriend's house and like only seeing that. Like I walked in and I was like, turn it on. Maybe maybe I was watching at my house and I left or something. I can't remember. But actually, no, I wasn't in the building for. For that one. This was a pre-COVID, obviously, in 2018, yeah. but I was deathly ill that night. I, I believe I had a fever. Should not have been at work around people, uh, but I, I went in anyway. I didn't want to miss work. Uh, would have left our, our team empty-handed, obviously. Um, not the Kings, just my team when, <laughs> I, worked, team. when, I, when I worked for the team. Um, but I was about to leave in the third quarter, and I had a friend talk me into to staying. And uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter, they were down by 15 points with six minutes left after JaVale McGee hit a dunk or hammered in a dunk. And... I almost left, and he said, just wait around for a minute. I said, okay, and thank God I did, because that was one of my favorite moments yeah. of seeing in person, just watching it in that tunnel. Um, mm-hmm. But good moment, and I, I said today on Twitter as well, I, I I wish there were more good moments like that. I don't think there are many great moments in Golden One yeah. Center history. Uh, we were talking about this last week when um, when we were talking about the DeMarcus Cousins uh, this the, is a ridiculous the, rant. That was one of the great moments. Because, yeah, I mean, I put it out there on Twitter that th- I thought that was probably the most iconic Kings moment in the dropping past 15 too. years dropping 15 that game too. Yeah. And then the, the whole, the theatrics of it. Yeah. Um, but they, I think a lot of people, when I said that brought up that, uh, I think the bogey moment probably trumps, trumps that. that, but yeah. is that the only thing? I mean, that's probably the only other thing beating the warriors, the full, the, the Kevin Durant champion, the mm-hmm. uh, Steph, Katie, clay, Draymond, they all were playing, beating that Warriors team in uh, the first year of the Golden One. Is that when Steph missed a layup? Steph missed a layup. Yeah. Boogie had a big game. Matt Barnes had some big shots. Uh, that was a really fun night. I was watching that game at a bar. I don't know if that's April like Thanksgiving. Pantheon, though. I don't know if that's like bona fide, like top, top tier moment. No. Like, I don't know if people, because there's but not really a moment for, I mean, I that's said what I mean. Steph like, missed layup. There's not that many like moments yeah. like the game winner with Harrison would have been one if there was people in the stands, Very but there, there was no one in the building. Yeah. So I, I can't really count that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. Just moments that there was like a, a Willie Cauley sign put back against the Pacers. If anybody out, is out there and has a moment, their favorite goal, the one center yeah. moment, uh, please let us know in the comments on Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, wherever. Um, what is your favorite goal? The one center Kings moment. And I'll make sure I put that in the, the episode little taglines, mm-hmm. but, um, before we go into basketball reference, is there any other great moment from Golden One Center? I just, I'm trying to think right now. I'm really trying to think. I mean, I know I remember Darren oh, had a game. It wasn't anything the, special. I remember he had a game winner against the Heat. That was like a, from the side. That, he had a floater. Uh, and then he had a game winner against the Sixers, too. He had a little step-back jumper. It was like eight yes. seconds left. Yeah, his little free throw um, line. DeMarcus back. Cousins also had a go-ahead bucket against the Sixers in the, the first year of Golden One Center. Then he blocked Embiid's game-winning attempt. Um <laughs> These are just kind of like whatever though. Not these, these aren't these aren't moments that stick out. This is not a Golden One Center moment, but do you, I was thinking about this the other day in like just some of the weirdest games that have ever happened. Do you remember the the Kings at Sixers game when the floor flooded? Yeah, they canceled the game. They canceled the game and because they, thinking, the the like, hockey floor underneath underneath yeah, the melted. <laughs> The yeah, form, the the ice melted. It was like coming it, up like, on the. Yeah, it, was it was like conning bubbles. It was condensating on the wood. Yeah, very strange. Because I, I was thinking, like, when was I, it? Was when we were thinking about is is the Kings game going to be canceled? I think it was last the Memphis game. We were yeah. trying to think, and I was like, you know, when was the last time they canceled the game? And it was probably that. Well, the the um 
the oh, I mean the Zion uh, the, the, Pel- Zion, the, the Pelicans, Pelicans game, game that was they the moved ESPN a couple game. last year, but I don't think it was the Kings' fault. Because even the uh, the game that they stopped letting fans in uh, because there was the um, the uh, Stephon Clark um, the, protest going the protest, on outside. Yeah. Like even that game, they didn't. They, I was it. in the arena for that Same, game as yeah, well, they, and that, like that game was there was only two hundred fans yeah. in the building for that game, yeah. and there's there's handing out free food all around mm-hmm. the concourse. Let everyone it, move down. Yeah, the food would have gone bad if they didn't get it get mm-hmm. it out. Free food to everybody, yeah. and um, there was no one there. The Kings won that game, or no, they lost that Hawks game. Yeah. They beat the. I don't know. There's not many moments in Golden One Center, which is sad though. Is my yeah. point. They're, this team has been so mediocre. Mm-hmm. There's year. been no vibe. I there, mean, there's no, there's no, and this is the worst yeah. attendance I've ever seen. The, there, the sad thing is, though, there was energy in the building last night. I know that you you weren't there last night, but there was energy in the first two quarters. It was loud, mm-hmm. and it, I notice it more than than ever this season because there's some games where it's not loud at all, and when you can really hear it when when the energy is in the building, and it was there um, on that De'Aaron Fox dunk too. It was just I thought, wow, here we go. This game's going to go down to the wire, and I almost tweeted this game's going to go down to the wire. I can feel it. And again, like you said about some things, yep. you just keep in the Twitter holster. Herm Edwards, man, he I'm, said it best. Don't press in. <laughs> don't press in. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I I don't know how many. You, other... you brought up attendance, and at some point, we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation about the. We uh, are going to start. Uh, we're gonna start a dialogue. We're gonna start a dialogue about attendance, and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna keep some people accountable for attendance numbers. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh but, God, um, I'm ready to have that conversation that, because there's some sketchy stuff. I don't believe that. When we look at attendance numbers, the view we have of the that's upper all I'm bowl. Gonna say. You know, I just from until until we bring it up next time, just keep an eye on on what the reported the attendance, reported attendance number. Yeah, you have to take a you look can, at that. You can find them. On occasion, I'm looking right now on Basketball Reference, and it says the Kings are 20th of 30th in the league in attendance. And uh, I'm starting to think that there might be some reasons why things are the way they are. But uh, I digress. I digress. digress. B-ball reference. B-ball reference. Everyone's favorite part of the episode. Uh, If you've gotten this far, thank you. First off, we were not planning on going this long, but, you know, we're always happy to. Um, we love talking about this team. Can you tell? Yeah, it's, it's great. It's not rambling into the uh, ether at all. Uh, B-ball reference for those who have never made it this far in the podcast. Me and Frank just like to uh, go on basketballreference.com, look at their front page, and uh, look at their selection of, of their starting 10. It changes you know, every hour. It changes every hour. Uh, this hour we have a pretty, it's not great. A pretty lackluster group. Uh, I'll just read out the names here. Larry Steele, who looks like he played in the 70s. Uh, Tabo Sevalosha, who I believe dated the 2K girl, the old 2K girl. Didn't Rachel Demir. Roberson date her See, too? I think I'm getting my, nah, you're getting you're right. your non-shooting, I'm getting my non-shooting shooting OKC guards. twos. Yeah, your non-shooting OKC Look shooting that. guards. BJ Boston, or is it BJ? Brandon, Brandon Boston. Boston. I'm sorry. Could be uh, BJ Boston. Brandon Boston, who uh, who's playing very playing well, well yeah. for, the, for the Clippers right now. Uh, Dwight Howard, who I think we can probably have a conversation. I was going to say Dwight. Dwight's probably the most uh, likely. Johnny Newman, who looks like he took his high school photograph. Is and he with us? Put it in to basketball reference. He's not with he us. He is not he with is us. no longer with R. us. R.I.P. Johnny Rest Newman. Rest in peace, Johnny Newman. Uh, John Luer, who I vaguely remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kurutz, who I don't know how to... Ridionis? Rid, rid, road... Um, Kuroos. Yeah. I just remember Kuroos. I remember him he was on, playing uh, for, the Nets. for the Nets. Yes. Yeah, I remember him on the Nets, and he really he, he frustrated the hell out of me. Earl um, the Pearl Monroe, who, ooh. if we were older, we would definitely have a Paul conversation Famer. about the Pearl, Black Jesus, Black Magic, Einstein, the Lord's Prayer, Thomas Edison, the Magic, the magic man. man, Earl 
Monroe. Uh, Jalen Harris, who just looks like a made-up my player. Justin Wright Foreman, who also looks like a made-up my player. Andres Biedrinch, who... Warriors legend. Warriors legend probably has, like, the most inflated stat line maybe of all time. Yeah. And then Luke Zeller, who is the Co- third uh, Cody and Tyler's brother. Yes. Did he play in the NBA? He played he in the must NBA? Have. He played in the NBA for 16 one games. season. 16 games. So now we know that you can play 16 games of professional basketball and still make basketball. Oh, how about this? Justin Wright Foreman, who I said looked like a 2K player, played four, four NBA games. How about Jalen Harris? 13 games. So, you know, you can... Uh, you you can make the basketball reference page if you exist in the NBA. I think that um, the Beedrins thing, real quick, touch on the Andres yeah. Beedrins thing. He was like the king when we were. Ki- I mean, the the warrior when we, we were all mm-hmm. kids. I just remember him being on that those bad Warriors teams. And like you said, that two thousand eight two thousand nine season, eleven point nine points, eleven point two rebounds, fifty seven percent from the field. Woo. I remember being drenched. Yes. Okay. I was gonna say I remember Block and him half. being like historically terrible at the free throw line. And I'm looking now. Oh, he was. He had a season where he shot 30%. He <laughs> shot 16% from the three, from the free throw line in 2009, 2010. I played, have to look at his totals. He to played 33 games though. Okay. He was one of nine. Okay. That's, okay, okay, oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was no. <laughs> oh my gosh. In 2009, 2010, Andres Beadrinch was four of 25 no, for man. the season from the free throw line. No, I mean, look at that; those years in a row. When you look at, I'm sorry, 2009, 2010 to 2014. Hold on, wait. I can actually do this math and keep, just filibuster. For I got it right here. I got it right here. He went 20 of 84, 23%. He made 20 of 84 free throws oh. over a five-year period. <laughs> I don't say this. I actually, I have never said this about an NBA player. I am confident that I could do oh, that. Oh, me too. I am confident. There's no way I'm going to, there's no way I, I, I can make 21 out of 84. Look, free I'm throws. not that guy, pal. I'm not, I'm not that guy to do this, but I could do that. I could 100% do that. That is absolutely insane. Um, Speaking of bad free throw shooting, he's not even the one I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dwight. What, what is Dwight? What let's, is Dw- let's do the, let's do the Dwight Howard conversation. Frank. Okay, is Dwight Howard a Hall of Famer? Oh God, yes, of course. I I agree. Um, he has to be. He's a look. Go through his accolades. Number one, thank you to the Lakers and LeBron and the Lakers. He got he finally got his ring. Yep. But eight time All Star, five time five time rebound champ, two time blocks champ, eight time All NBA, five time All Defensive, three time Defensive Player of the Year. And he's going to finish with averages of, of probably 15 and 11. And how many blocks per game? Almost two blocks per game. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he's shooting for his career 57% in the field, 58% in the field, rather. So, yeah. And I mean, if you take off like the past four years of his career, which have kind of just been him, he's having a aimlessly bit of, looking around. I mean, a even, Vince Carter esque yeah. end to his career, though, where you're just kind of playing to keep playing, even though like you're on the way to 40. Yeah. Vince had, um, yeah, due to circumstances, like Vince could sh- taught himself how to, sh- he was a guard. So he was yeah. able to kind of adapt his game more. And I think it's, to your point, it's been a lot harder for Dwight to get backup center minutes and he's rebounding. A he's role, rebounding, but, I guess. Yeah. Like per 36 minutes this season, he's averaging 13 rebounds per game, mm-hmm. but he's not playing that much. Um, 
I mean, if you take a, we'll just do his, the first 10 years of his career, he's 18 and 12 and a half with three and a half offensive rebounds. How many blocks a game here? Two blocks a game. And, you know, he's got in that span one, two, three, four, that he's got all of his all-stars in that span. So eight all-stars in 10 years. Yeah. If you want to cut out, even pretty much does all of his work, all of his career work is he's a hall of famer by his 10th year. If you just take out the last three seasons and you go through the first 15 seasons, the first 15 seasons of his career, 17 and a half points per game, 12.6 boards, two blocks, 58% from the field. Um, That's over 1000 games. 1,044 games. So that's a Hall of Fame career right there. I mean, you even look at his, when he's quote-unquote washed as as a player, you post-Houston where he's been on Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, Lakers, Philly, and then Lakers back to again. the Lakers. In those seasons, what is that? Is that five that, seasons? Do you remember, he's, for, sorry. No, you're good. He's 11 and 10. Exactly. He is 11, uh, 10.9 points and 9.9 rebounds. Do you remember the block 1.2 blocks? Do you remember when I think it was Woj or Shams? I think it was Woj tweeted out that 60%. Dwight was returning back to the, to the Lakers last season. Mm-hmm. Then he erased it. And then 15 minutes later, he signed with Dwight with Philly. And I guess there was like a, he had an agreement with the Lakers and then the Lakers pulled back from it. And he don't, he, t- he tweeted it. He tweeted out Lakers. Let's, let's get, let's, let's go. Let's get after it again or something like that. Um, Cause it's kind of strange looking at his, his page, just Lakers, Philly for mm-hmm. one season, then back to the Lakers. I just feel like he never even played for Philly. Um, even though he was good with Philly, yeah. seven points, 8.4 boards over 17 minutes again. That's pretty, pretty yeah. good. I mean, so. even like you think about Dwight's early, like it is, it is just a fact. And I mean, I definitely didn't want it to be, I, I try and forget about it, but Dwight Howard, a Dwight Howard led team beat a LeBron James led team to go to the to finals. The finals. Like and that was LeBron at the peak of his powers in 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 Cleveland during that first stint, and you know it. I can't remember the exact. Obviously, LeBron when he was in Cleveland didn't have the the best talent around him, and and that Orlando team did have JJ Redick and Rashard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu, of course, and Jam, uh, Jam, uh, Jameer Nelson. I almost called him Jamal Nelson. Ray for Alston. Ray for Alston. Marcin and they were coached by. Uh, by Stan Van, another who was warrior still legend. in his bag at that time. But Donald Foyle, and uh, you know they were they were a good team, and they, I think, did they get swept by the Lakers? They might have won one uh, game, four one. Yeah, and you know Dwight was the best player, and and there was real conversation of like, is this guy like the Shack of this era? Is he going to be the dominant force that is just? You know, I mean, you look at here, he's had two 14 rebound, three 14 rebound seasons. Let me see. I'd imagine Shaq's probably the last person to touch anywhere near that. I think in the finals, let's see, in the finals in 2009, he averaged 15 and 15 and four blocks per game. That's absurd. That's insane. That's insane. 15, 15 and four in the finals and the Lakers. I mean, that was a pretty close finals, though. Besides from game one where the Lakers beat the Magic by 25, mm-hmm. the Magic lost by five in game two. They won game four, lost by eight in game four. Or game Sorry, game three, they won, lost game four by eight. And then down the stretch of game five, they lost in garbage time. They, they lost by 13. Um, got away from them. So. Wow. I'm looking at Dwight's stats in that Eastern Conference finals where they did take down LeBron. 25 and 13 in that series. 
Oh my god! Which he is which forty is just and fourteen in game six. Insane! Just absolutely dominated. Uh, I'm sure it was Zadruna Sogalskis at the time. Um, Let's see. And like they, the team that he lost to was just you know that was a Pow and Lake yeah. uh, Pow and Kobe Laker team that was just too good. He, <laughs> they he, weren't uh, going to win that series. He punished Verjao and Ogalskis and the the uh, the end of Ben Wallace's career. He also attacked him. Oof. So um, Hall of Famer Ben Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> Joe That's, Smith was like, I'm curious team. if Dwight's free throws are as bad as what they feel like they are. He never reached be drench levels. Uh, Dwight's best free throw shooting season was his rookie season at 67%. Never got better. Um, and nope. he actually, his lowest free throw percentage season was 48% from the line, which is pretty, pretty awful. Yep. That's uh he made a couple threes, though. That funny video of him <laughs> the Lakers making the three. So <laughs> those corner threes, and yeah, I mean, I think the story of Dwight's career is just one of like people being disappointed with how it went. I think, obviously, like I said, at one time, people were thinking, "Is this guy going to be the next Dom? Is he going to be the person who you add after Kareem and and Hakeem and Wilt and Bill Russell and Shaq and then Dwight Howard? Is that?" Is, is that what it was going to be? And it's where he, he's kind of like you know, its own thing. End up being that he's kind of like its own his own thing. He's not on that list of those yeah. dominant big men, but he's kind of like its own his own category. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shot blocking center. Yeah. That I mean, he's not averaging twenty five and twelve like those guys were. But here's a question that's interesting. Do you think we ever see another Dwight Howard? Yeah, like I, just a guy who's crazy athletic and can just put a, I mean, because the thing about Dwight also, and I think it, it really hampered his career development is he doesn't have any skills. He never learned any big man moves, never learned how to shoot. Couldn't take a post fade away or anything well, we, like that. We, he was pretty just physically dominant. We could see a Dwight Howard that can shoot with the way the NBA is yeah. evolving. We could see a crazy athletic big that can rebound and block shots yeah. and knock down threes at some point. The way that the NBA because like the game I feel of basketball like is evolving. Ayton is probably like the closest thing we have to him. Yeah, and even presented protocols. By the way, Ayton's got a nice shot. I mean, I think yeah. To your point, like I think probably not seeing another Dwight Howard is more likely just because I de- think all big men are going to come in with some form of a jump shot. The scoring days. and the rebounding is there, but the the defense is not there for DeAndre. Oh, Ayton. for sure. Yeah, yeah I, that's a great point though too because that's a huge. That's a massive part of Dwight's dominance. The athleticism and the the scoring and rebounding is there. He's averaging 16 and 10 for his career this season. Easy he's, too. he's averaging 17 and 11 right now, but the the blocks, he's averaging one for his career. And this series, I'm averaging yeah. one a game. So and Dwight um, used to, Dwight was almost like, he, he came up right as like social media was coming up. And I remember like some of the first Dwight clips that you would get on the internet were Superman! him just. Sending the ball to like the fifth row on blocks. Like he also kind of popularized the pinning. Like yeah. LeBron obviously kind the of pin. mastered it, but yeah. Dwight used to pin people all the time on the backboard. Well, this is credit to. I mean, yeah. look at we can't really think of anyone that can match that that his output. That's yeah. kind of gives credit yeah. to what he's been able to do. So yeah. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard Hall of Famer. You get your flowers. Get ready for it. Um, the sooner that everyone comes to grip with it, I think the better we will be as a as a basketball nation yep. because. Um, it's, I've said it before. It is really real. The NBA is really hard. It is really, really hard. And so if you can stick out for almost 20 years, yes, 20, a 20 year career is, is absurd. Um, for him to have an impact for 10 of them and be able to stick around in the league for another 10, you know, we're seeing, 
and uh, this is insulting to Dwight, but like Costa Kufis, as soon as he's not, you know, playable, he's out of the league. Yeah. And that's a terrible example. But I just mean, no, um, you know, Dwight could very Hassan Whiteside. We're seeing Hassan Whiteside struggle to be to to maintain in the league. He's playing really well um, this season for Utah, which is probably going to add another year or two to his career. But when you stop playing tough. like an all-star MVP candidate, you have to learn how to reinvent yourself. It's kind of like as a big man, it's the same way in baseball where when you can't pump 99, hundred miles an hour anymore, Great point. you have to reinvent your mm-hmm. approach. Like pitchers like CC Sabathia used to throw mm-hmm. 98, hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to kind of adjust as you get a little older. And now you got to start throwing the breaking stuff. Yeah. You got to help your breaking ball. You're off speed mm-hmm. pitches. Uh, Dwight Howard is showing, okay, I'm not going to score 20 points a game anymore, but I can still get my rebounds and, yeah. and play defense. And uh, that's what he's done for the last you know, six, seven years. So. Even in, I think the game that they played earlier this year, Dwight had a yeah. pretty big impact in that yeah, game. He, he was I a mean, problem that game. Yeah. Uh, same with like Sergi Baca, who he's kind of on I don't yeah, say the he, way out. No, he, he's definitely on the way but out, I would say. He had a great game against, against the Kings. Mm-hmm. The Kings just, yeah, Dwight Howard's game log, though. He had 12 and 13 against the Kings in two blocks. He has not had a game with any of those numbers, scoring or rebounding, mm-hmm. or blocks even since that game. Mm-hmm. So the Kings just make everybody look good as the, the parting. D-Rose, can, well, sad D-Rose, I think, he, just I, had ankle surgery. We might miss him yeah, now, but, but he would have he, had like a 30-point. Yeah, very similar thing. The Kings just have like a time machine on the sideline, and players just crawl into it and say, Fountain okay. Of youth, baby. Go back. It's if, in the cookies. They, they, it's in the cookies, the Fountain of Youth. Sad stuff. That's um, uh, sad. Everything's yeah. sad. Anyways, uh, talk was, to everybody. Fun. <laughs> talk to everybody next Monday. Yes, maybe probably. before then. If anything else happens, um, let me look at their schedule here. Uh, let's let's rattle off the games just so people know. Uh, the Kings have the Thunder coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Dallas on Wednesday, and then Dallas again. On happy Friday. New Year! Yeah, Happy New Year at that point. Um, then Miami. Yeah, I don't know. Will we will we be back on Monday? Probably Monday. Let's yeah. do Monday. So we probably won't see you all for, or hear from us for the rest of the year. Um, Four Frank, days. Do you have any any you know anything that? I guess it doesn't have to be Kings related, but just sports. At least keep it sports related this year. Um, that you you learned. You want to say that was great. Did you have any extra great sports memories? I think that just working this job mm-hmm. and just kind of getting more comfortable and acclimated with everything has been really cool this year. Um, I enjoy my job. I love it. Learning every day how to get better at it. Um, if we're being serious, you know, and stuff like that. Um, on a side note, what has to, has to do with new year's day. I, I'm, I really never have been able to watch the college football playoff mm-hmm. for the last four years by working for the team. They always put Kings games on the Saturday national championship game, the, the, the playoffs and the national championship game on that Monday, there are always games and we have a game on the 10th this year for that day, that game. So I will never be able to watch the college football playoff. Uh, but no, I just love, uh, the growth that you and I both are, uh, we're experiencing and I appreciate everyone that's been listening to this podcast, people that have reached out and said nice things. Uh, it means a lot. So happy new year. Thank you for that. How about you though? Happy New Year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to share that sentiment as well. Like, we've obviously kind of, we've done a lot this year, and it's it's tough, especially in COVID times. Like, the days and, and months have just merged together. Mm-hmm. The year, the years at this point have, have merged together, and um, it's tough to, like, look back and think where we were when, before everything started. You know, if I think back to, 
that Pelicans game when, you know, I, I remember being on the sideline and Zion right in front of my face and two ESPN guys standing to my right, like whispering back and forth, like, oh my God, did they, they just, they just like, they're, they're canceling the season. And just that, that how long ago that feels and all, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm rambling now, but just no. all, all the things that we've done in between now and then, like, it's just crazy. And it, I, I suggest that everybody uh, do the same in their life and, and just try and think about the things you were doing, the things you were into, um, the things that mattered to you getting two years ago. Yeah. Try and try and get back to it. And, and also try and see, you know, if you've grown, how you've grown, um, what you can still do better, what you put to the back burner because you were like, ah, uh, like, oh, let me just get through this COVID time and then I'll figure That'll it out. Do it. What are things, you know, during COVID even? I mean, like COVID has been its own, this whole stretch of, you know, the, the pandemic has been, you know, people picking up and putting down hobbies and, and meaning to get to things in their life and just never around, getting around to it. So I don't know. I think uh, I think come this new year, I'm I'm going to be a new me i know new everyone says me? that new year new, new, me. Year, new me hitting the gym look out 24-hour fitness oh. look out world because i'm coming for you and i'm coming hot and the kings are coming for you and your mental health My uh stay healthy out there have a safe new year's yeah and, and uh, i'm gonna say this as i you know as a king's fan don't be afraid to turn off the tv just turn it off just turn it off we'll watch for you yeah I'll you'll, watch. you'll get the news. You'll 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 figure it out. But just if things get bad, man. Like don't don't <laughs> don't try and sit in your house and try and no. figure out how the team's gonna pull off a trade for Ben. Like it's They're, just not worth the mental energy. If you're gonna do it, do it in two K. So at least you can like play with Ben. Like just find things to distract yourself. There from. are plenty of distractions yeah. over the next I know this is meant six, to be days. the distraction. Your, yeah. your fandom is meant to be the distraction, but get a distraction from your distraction. And this is a good week for that. Yes. With, with the, we're still yes. in the holidays. There's plenty of things going on with, with other sports, NFL playoff races heating up. Uh, college football happens this weekend. Uh, there, there's plenty of things to distract yourself. So, just watch, don't be a Vikings fan. Watch at your own risk. Don't yeah, be don't be a Vikings fan. Don't uh, don't <laughs> join Chris in that end. But, um, <laughs> don't do it. Um, but thanks, everybody, for the fun yes. year, and we'll keep it rolling. We'll keep it rolling. Fun year. Quote, fun yeah. year. Maybe next year we can have a winning year. Uh-huh. Um, but one can hope. For Franklin Cartoselli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening so much. Y'all have a very, very good, a very, very safe New Year's. And uh, see you next year. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Keep on chugging. Peace.